Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture, the iconic tea TikToker who brings you all the piping hot tea and the latest celebrity news. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You are so welcome. Everyone is welcome. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I am in your fandom. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you had a productive and great week that you are happy with. If not, every day brings a new opportunity. Do not sweat it. You're still a bad bitch. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like this spooky season has been the spookiest of all. I am scared all the time watching movies and just creepy vibes all around. Maybe it's Kim Jong-un with that nuke or Russia with their nuke, but... I'm just scared all the fucking time. And I've had such a horrible week with something so creepy, and that is insects. The most creepy, disgusting, crawly things on the planet. Insects. So first, there was a massive spider in my room when I was sick, and I was just trying to have a peaceful night's sleep because I was so just feeling horrible and wanted to sleep. And then I look over, and a giant spider's crawling on my wall. And then I throw my shoe at it, and I miss, and it goes crawling on my carpet somewhere, and I don't know where. So I'm too scared to sleep in my room, so I slept in the guest room for three days. And then cleaned my room, vacuumed it, and I just hope it's not there. But it probably crawled in my mouth last night while I was sleeping because I slept in my own room again. And then Monday, I was at Target and I brought my groceries to my car with my cart. And right when I put my cart by my car, opened my car door, I looked back and a bee is like flying around my groceries going in every bag and it was doing that for 10 minutes straight and I was just staring at it because I get stung all the time when I'm around a bee they sting me I don't know why so I didn't even try to reach for the food I waited for him to go away and he finally did and then there's I film my TikToks on a couch and I saw when I went to film my last TikTok a spider crawl into the cushions of the couch so now I have like a tarp over the couch insects are just really it's like I have this higher um, 4D spooky season decorations. It's very interactive, I guess. The good news is, is that I'm not sick anymore. Thank God. I was sick for like four days. Um, it was really horrible. I felt so tired. My stomach hurt. And I just felt like all my energy was drained. Today is the opposite, though, because I'm healthy again. And I took an Adderall today. Uh, there was no reason for me to take such an Adderall. But I did. And now I am focused and hyped up. So definitely a 180 from the last episode. So I think we should just get into what we are going to talk about today. And this is, I guess, more of a light... Eh, no, it's not. This is not a lighthearted episode at all. This is actually such a, like, not lighthearted episode. So we're going to start with Khloe Kardashian removing a tumor from her face. Yeah, you heard that right. We're going to get into that. Then we're going to talk about the craziest age gap relationships in Hollywood as it pertains to the specific age of 29. If you see where I'm going with this, we're going to talk about age gaps. And then we're going to talk about the insane feud that is going on with the rap girls that you have probably seen lately and some massive feud that happened right before i filmed this episode with Nicki minaj and another rap girl so stick around for that before we get into it if you can just rate this podcast five star on spotify apple podcast leave a cute little review screenshot yourself listening to it post it to your instagram story and tag me and i will hit you up in your dms it helps push out the podcast and just get more eyes on it and bring attention to it that'd be so helpful 
And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Pop Culture University. Take your seats. Classes in session. Yeah, bitch, I could be a fantasy. I could tell you got big D energy. It ain't too many niggas that can handle me. But I might let you try it off the Hennessy. Make them sing to this pussy like a melody. And if your bitch ain't right, I got the remedy. It ain't too many niggas that can handle me. Yeah, bitch, I could be a fantasy. Okay, so unfortunately, why did I think this was going to be a lighthearted episode? I was like, wow, the last few have been so rough and just so much crazy shit going on in the world. I should make some nice topics. Nope. These are all really kind of rough. So starting off rough, um, one of the, I think, hardest convos of life that none of us want to talk about, but it affects every single human, no matter size, shape, race, sexual orientation, everyone. It's just something that we need to hear. And it's one of the most unfortunate realities of life. And that is about checking yourself for cancer. So Khloe Kardashian had a very scary run-in with the evil disease this week. Khloe is 38. And she has apparently... I haven't really seen it. I mean, we know she'd be photoshopping her pictures. Did you guys see the one she photoshopped this week where she literally cut her arm in half? I was like, girl, it's put down the Facetune. You look fine. You have enough real-life Facetune going on. We see her eyes are uneven in photos all the time. It's just very obvious. It's it's not sending a good message. But Chloe has had this pimple on her face for about seven months, apparently. And it was on her like lower cheek and chin area. And she thought it was a pimple. And then she kind of was getting weary as the months went by. And it was still there. And it was just not going away anymore. It kind of looked like a pimple. It, From what I saw, it was like the size of a mosquito bite. Kind of that like half of the size of, of a penny. And it didn't look really red. It just kind of looked like a mound. So she posted on her Instagram story a photo of it and with the um, caption on it, it said, I decided to get this biopsy after seven months of realizing that it was not budging. And after a few days after the biopsy happened, she got a call and said that she had to have an immediate operation on the mound on her face so one of her doctors kind of explained what was going on and he said a pimple should go away within a week or two and be totally gone but if it's a spot you've had and you've looked at it and it's still not going away they've done different treatments on it to clear acne or any blemishes from your skin and it's still there that spot needs to be biopsied so she got a biopsy and she had this really big like bandage on her face and she was kind of like walking around the beaches of Malibu with True just having this random bandage on her face and you know the rumors that could start from Khloe Kardashian having that on her face people would think she got another facelift or tore her face off she hasn't had a facelift but she got other plastic surgery or something the possibilities are really endless there so she kind of just cleared up what was going on and she said you have to be careful if there's a new growth because sometimes even a dermatologist can't 100% tell we have to take a biopsy and send it to the pathologist to be sure so she was just telling everyone that the first biopsy kind of came back inconclusive so she had to get another one and it was a full operation and her doctors told her that what they were seeing with her was incredibly rare for her age. Poor Chloe. She really goes through everything. Like, not saying she's not beautiful, but, you know, there's fucking Kim, who's like the golden child of the family and 
I feel like everything bad happens has to happen to Chloe. That's why she's so funny. It's the trauma, the generational trauma, the trauma that has been instilled in her. It's about trauma. I'm making fun of Jamie Lee Curtis, if you didn't know. She always talks about trauma. But um, yeah, this is actually not her first run-in with cancer. When she was 19, she had melanoma on her back. And she had to get a surgery to remove that as well. So she kind of told everyone that she's predisposed to melanomas. And even people who are not predisposed to skin cancer and stuff like that, should definitely be checking all the time. And if you don't have a history of skin cancer, you should just make it a part of your yearly checkup. When you go to your doctor, have him like run through you and just feel all the nooks and crannies in there to make sure you are good. Every six months is what she said. I've been checked for that before. The um, I just have brown circular moles on my back. So I got them checked and it was super, super easy. They literally looked for five seconds. They were like, no, those are all normal size. You're good. So it's super easy to just do that. And always wear your SPF. Oh my God. Please wear your SPF. I stopped tanning this summer too because yes, being tan is fantastic and amazing. And you look like Larry the Lobster. But once the summer is over, it is not worth it. That tan goes away so fast and then you're just left with damaged skin. So I don't just lay in the sun anymore. I want to get spray tans, but I never know where to go. And I got one before and it just did not do the best. My sheets in my bed are still stained from it even after I bathed and everything. So if someone knows, maybe I can hit up Ariana Grande about the spray tan. Always wear SPF. It's like shocking to see the difference between older people who did and did not wear SPF. It's so real. It's fucking insane so always wear it your skin will thank you um but yeah so she said that she got it removed and she got a checkup afterwards and all her margins appear clear and now she's on the healing process so there she is and she says i hope you enjoy how fabulous i make these face bandages look so i'm happy that she got it removed really quickly i guess they maybe found a few like early signs in that biopsy or a few like early cancer cells or something. So she's got that shit removed immediately, which is how you have to do it. So good for her. And I think that sets a really good example. Um, yeah, get your skin checked. I had a, I have a really like similar experience actually. So this story really hits home to me. I'm 22. So that's like pretty young as well. But I, in August, 2021, I was looking in the mirror and I saw this, like bump on my neck and I was so confused and I was just looking at it for a few days. And then on the third day, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. So I hit up my friend who I was talking to at the time who was an oncologist and I was like, Hey, what's going on with this? I didn't even think I didn't even know what that was a sign of cancer or anything. I just asked him, maybe I had some, some kind of reaction. I really just wanted to talk to him because I thought he was cute and he was a doctor, but he was like, oh, not to scare you, but that could potentially be like a swollen lymph node. That could be a sign of something going on with your lymphatic system. He said, is it in pain? Do you feel any pain? And I say, no, I don't feel it at all. Um, and he goes, okay, that's not a good sign. Like not to scare you, but you should just get that checked. So it's not lymphoma. Just be super proactive, get it early. So we kind of just do a bunch of research about it. And this was right after I got my COVID shot in 2021 that was like my second dose and i heard that that shot was making people's lymph nodes swell up so i kind of like didn't really think anything about it but then it didn't go away for like a month or two so i go to the doctor because i've heard stories like this you know you have to go get yourself checked it's horrible but you have to do it 
So I went and got myself checked and I was so nervous and they did tests for everything like STDs and mono and all these things, any illnesses that could potentially be making my lymph nodes swell up for a prolonged period of time because lymph nodes only swell in reaction to some illness in your body basically because they're trying to heal it. So the doctors gave me antibiotics to see if it would go down. And if it didn't go down with the antibiotics, that's really concerning. So I took the antibiotics and it went down only halfway. So I was still a little bit concerned. So I went back and they go, they're like reading me symptoms. They're reading me other things that would be going along with my swollen lymph node if I did have lymphoma. And something unfortunate I found out is that lymphoma actually is the most common form of cancer amongst 20 year olds it's the most common like that's when most people start to get in I was like oh great I'm literally just turned 21 like great I'm in that age range luckily I didn't have any other symptoms or anything so you know I go on WebMD I need to get off of WebMD I need to go to rehab for that because it's not good for your mental it may give you some nice medical advice but for the long run it will drive you crazy. It really will just give you a disease from worrying about it so much. I need to get clean of that. But I was looking up all these stories and people talking about all their symptoms and how they were so out of energy and their chest was in so much pain. I didn't really have any of the above. So I went back and I was like, okay, like I really don't have any of these. And my doctor said, we just need to monitor it well, it's still there and you should just get an ultrasound on it in case we need to do a biopsy one day. So I got the ultrasound on it and I just made an appointment to go back Monday, this Monday, to talk to him about it now because I still feel really good and I don't have any other symptoms. And these last few months, I feel like I felt better than I really ever have. I've gotten so much done and I have so much energy and I feel great. So my health feels fine and the lymph node is the smallest it's ever been, but it's still there. There's still just that little bit of swelling, a little mound that just makes me uncomfortable. So even though I feel good, I made an appointment for Monday because I was supposed to six months after my last one, but it's been like seven or eight months. So I needed to, to get on that. And Chloe just really inspired me to do that. So I decided to share that with all of you guys and I will definitely update you with what the doctor says and if he thinks I should get a biopsy just to be safe or if he thinks it's going down and it's really not that swollen anymore and I'm fine the downside like the reason I would wait or he suggested we just wait and monitor it is because if I do get a biopsy it's on my neck and they would have to like do a procedure on me put me under cut it out of my neck and I would have a scar on my neck so he was like for now you seem fine let's just monitor it for a bit so yeah, that is what's going on. Um, also, this month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I thought this would be a good topic to talk about today. I didn't know if I want to talk about it because it's really sad and like something that you don't even want to talk about or like speak into existence. But it's just something that's also so real and that is healthy to talk about just every once in a while. Not too much. You know, we want to focus on the not deathly scary things. But I just thought it would be good to get it out right now. And you know, it's the pink breast cancer awareness month. We want to raise awareness. So I think I could raise awareness to tell everyone to go get checked for everything, you know, get your colonoscopies, get your doctor to put his finger up your booty for your prostates, men out there, get your mammograms, get checked for melanoma and everything like that. It could be really quick and just be such a life-saving part of your day.
and I want it to be a good example. So I'm going back on Monday and I'll let you guys know what's going on. But until then, what can we learn from this? I think we can just learn that your health is all that you have and surveillance of your own health is key. Like Khloe Kardashian said, young people can get skin cancers too. So early detection is the key. And it's super hot. One of the hottest things about someone is when you see them take care of their health. And it's just such a big sign of self-respect when you know someone has a lot of self-respect when they're on their own health and making sure that they're good. Don't worry if people call you a hypochondriac. I hate when people do that, try to shame people for going to the doctor. If there's even a little bit of a reasonable cause that someone is sick, I say go to the doctor. Who cares if people make you think that you're crazy or a lunatic? That's what happened to the COVID naysayers, and we all know what happened with that. So the best way to treat yourself is with health care, because your health is the only thing you got. There could be so many reasons that we do not stick to the healthy eating that we all want to, we all strive to. It could be time constraints or work constraints, pricing, the intimidating nature of cooking a complicated meal for the first time. But now there is Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well really easy with plans that could fit literally every lifestyle. If you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking for more balanced meals that will suit your preferences. I got, I ordered this and I got the plant-powered one. And you guys, it was so good. And it was just so much fun that they like measure everything out for you and give you all the spices that you need because I really like cooking, but sometimes I feel like I mess up the spices and they just put the perfect combo of spices in your box and it's just, it's so perfect, but you feel great. You save money because you're not wasting food that you're paying for than throwing away. It's more environmentally um, healthy and it's really healthy food that you can get from this brand. You can Choose fast and fit meals for under 700 calories that will be ready in 20 minutes or less. And again, you'll be saving money by getting these. Um, And if you did not know, Green Chef is actually owned by HelloFresh. So this brand is really respected and everyone knows it and loves it. And Green Chef is actually the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. So they do not produce any carbon footprint and they do not have any plastic in the box at all it's actually such a cute box when it comes in there's like a, a like ice packs at the bottom and it looks like just like a mini cooler that you would bring to like a cookout once you open like the cute little uh, little cardboard and green box so go to greenchef.com slash t t e a 135 and use the code tea135 t135 to get 135 dollars off across five boxes of your choosing which is 15 meals and your first box ships free so go to greenchef.com and use my code and i really recommend it it's so fun you feel good and healthy and like a productive bad bitch code tea3 fuck tea135 If you were 29 years old, would dating someone 10 years younger than you even cross your mind? Would that be something that you would want? Are you into older men? Do you want to feel the sugar baby fantasy? Or are you into younger people and you want to feel the daddy or the 
mommy cougar energy. Age gaps are a really hot topic right now in Hollywood with the whole Leonardo DiCaprio, his whole dating history, his whole discography of less than 25-year-old women that he has a very specific taste for and refuses to change for literally anyone. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Actually, Gigi Hadid. He upped his limit two years just because she's a supermodel, just because she had 27 Vogue covers. He said, fine. But every year I'm with you, you need another Vogue cover or else we're, we're done. Once you, if you get 50 Vogue covers, I'll stay with you two or 50. And there was a whole Kim and Pete relationship going on. Kim was like 11 years older than him. Pete was 28, I believe, and Kim was 40. So that's, I guess, 12. People thought that was interesting, but people are just dissecting people's ages a lot. And then there's the hit song by Demi Lovato right now that I just played, 29, which is such a bop. I'm happy that Demi's having a little bit of a moment right now with that song because it makes me want to scream in the car and scream it at the top of my lungs because I feel the rage in it. And that's what Demi wanted to feel with this album. Holy fuck. And it worked. But we need to get into why Demi Lovato wrote the song and why so many people can really relate. It's a surprisingly relatable song that's built a community around it. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but after the song came out, it's already at like 30 million streams. And a lot of people have been sharing their experiences with dating older men, specifically 29-year-olds. Kind of wild. I didn't know 29 was such a horrible age or such a infamous age to be dating someone does the ultimate fuckboy energy just go into a guy's like does his prefrontal cortex develop something evil when he's 29 i don't know i thought 23 or 27 were the worst ages but i guess not so people can really relate to this song demi herself can obviously relate to this song as well because she wrote it about her relationship with wilmer valderrama He's from that 70s show. He was that lispy kind of feminine man that had bell bottoms on all the time. I see you. I hope he comes out in the reboot. He probably just couldn't because it was in the 70s, but we see you, Fez. But she dated Wilmer from the time that she was 18 till she was about 25. So six years, but they were kind of friends before that and Demi feels as though he groomed her and she was majorly taken advantage of him by him prior to their relationship and she didn't really realize it until she was on her 29th birthday trip and she was just sitting on the beach thinking oh my god I'm 29 just like Wilmer was at the time and then just a mind fuck of I would never be with someone who's 17 or 18 because that's just one of the scary parts of an age gap relationship you you don't know how someone's brain develops when you're the younger one and it's almost a little bit intimidating that they probably know more than you simply because they've existed longer and I feel like the mask was taken off of Wilmer when Demi turned 29 and she was so disenchanted and so just petrified at what he did to her and as she should be but they did stay together until she was 25 and then Basically, they just decided to be friends. There's no being friends after that song gets released. But that's just one reason why age gap relationships can be toxic. Let's talk about some other reasons before we really dive into this whole thing. I've prepared a list of celebrities who also were with men who were 29 when they were much younger than them. Because I did not know how much of a common thread this was. The 29 Club is even worse than the 27 Club. 
So other reasons why a rela- an age gap relationship can be toxic is that I feel like the older person can manipulate and maybe gaslight the younger person because of their lack of experience. Obviously, if someone is less experienced than you, you can kind of control the narrative in their mind about what's normal and what is not and set the precedent for what should be acceptable in said relationship. So there's a lot of ways to just take advantage or manipulate because of the younger one's naiveness. And the older kind of could potentially, if they abuse the relationship, take the upper hand and keep you under their rules and get you to do what they want. And there's just a built-in power dynamic that the older one has more experience more wisdom more money is something that comes into it as well and just more of a an idea of who they are and how to control the world around them and so there's a lot of landmines to take in i feel like age gaps kind of have a threshold and that's why i think this is situation i've like cracked the code that's why this situation is so traumatizing to people because if someone's 29 and they're the older one and if it's a big age gap, that younger person's probably pretty young. They're probably like 18 through like 22 or something when they're not really experienced. They're just kind of getting into dating. So there's a lot of form formative years going on there that could really like traumatize someone and leave someone vulnerable to manipulation. There's just an aspect of exploitation in those such relationships. So let's get into it. Let's get into celebrities who have come across this mystical age of 29-year-old men. First of all, let's just start with Demi. So Demi and Wilmer, they met at Demi Lovato's house. No, it was Wilmer's house, and they were filming a a PSA for the census. And Demi just went because she wanted to meet him, and he he knew how much she liked him. So he stayed close to her all those years when when she was 17. And she said that he helped her through some of her relationships and some of her breakups which is so sus and scary and groomy. Ew. I can't even look at Wilmer anymore. That's so creepy. That's so gross. He like helped her through her relationships. And sometimes I do shit on Demi Lovato because of all these traumatizing things she reveals to the world about how hard her life or her past has been. Sometimes people don't always see the authenticity there. But this time, I really do. And I feel like this truly, truly, truly affected her. And she is the victim in this situation. They broke up six years later because Demi realized that, looking back now, he was just absolutely crazy. And she's just so taken advantage of and groomed. And in her song, she says, Far from innocent. What the fuck's consent? Numbers told you not to, but that didn't stop you. Which is insane but so real and the truth bomb that we needed. And just the melody and the the sonic component of this song makes it such an iconic banger and no wonder it's connecting with so many people because people of all ages and all times, any eras in life have gone through this too. So let's move on to the next one. And that is Princess Diana and King Charles, one of the most famous women of her time. She was truly beloved by the whole world She died in 1997. So before then, she was the it girl, the it royal. Like, she was in the royal family. Like, she was that princess bitch. She was that girl. And she was with King Charles, who, he's still alive. He just became king. I already want to Marie Antoinette him. Am I allowed to say that? I'm kidding. For legal reasons, that was a joke. Clearly. Anyway. He became king. He's trash. He's so old now. So, like, who cares? 
she was of really high status when they first met. So even though she was just of the age of 16, because her family was of, of high stature from wherever in England she was from. She wasn't from the UK, but wherever. So when they were kind of, when the royal family kind of had a a business meeting about who the heir to the throne was going to marry and who they were going to force him to become the princess, they had their sights set on her because she just seemed like an attractive get. So she was only 16 and he was, you guessed it, 29. And we don't know if they, the, the thing people say is that we don't know if they had, you know, intercourse before then. Either way, it's weird if they were dating and like romantic. But he just saw it as an opportunity to have that trophy princess wife in the royal family who could one day be queen. But he absolutely abused her, manipulated in every way he possibly could in that relationship. She shared so much about what he did to her and how it gave her EDs and multiple EDs. He pinched her back fat on like a live interview before and said, a bit chubby here, aren't we? He did that in front of the whole world of millions of people who already bully her. I would have slain him right there. I would have looked at him with fury in my eyes. The fact that he had the nerve to say that to someone and degrade a woman like that, I would have Michael Myers that bitch. Insane. But he degraded her publicly Many times he made the royal family not like her very much. She He made her feel like she wasn't worthy to be a royal at all. He was fully cheating on her with Camilla, who's now the princess. I literally cannot stand them. Someone needs to dethrone them. I don't know how that works, but someone needs to get the current ratings out of there. Trash. She said that their relationship was always complicated because there was three of them in the relationship. He was just openly cheating on her, making her feel like shit, making her feel like not enough in general. And... Then we, you know, we all know what happened. She wrote a letter that literally she wrote down. I think that Charles is planning my murder. He's planning an accidental death to set up my killing. And she said it was going to be, this is real. She wrote this. She said it was going to be a car accident where he was going to make her brakes go out and have serious head and bodily injuries. And you know, she died in a car crash having serious head and bodily injuries. Just very interesting. Not all, I know this sounds really bad, but not all 29 year old relationships are going to end this way. So not that bad, but this is like an extreme case. (laughs) This is an extreme case, but I know if Diana was here, she would be singing finally 29. She would love that song. Anyway, King Charles trash. We need to vote that Royal family out. I don't know who keeps, voting for them the nepotism is crazy next let's talk about miss taylor swift and her worst ex of all time the ex that she wrote the absolute worst songs about we know she writes breakup songs and drags every man that she's been with but no one got it as bad as him he she deconstructed every complex in that narcissistic little sociopaths insecure scared little boy jake gyllenhaal's mind when she wrote the 10-minute version of All Too Well and I Bet You Think About Me on Red, she absolutely murdered him. She was so traumatized where she literally had to write a 10-minute song that became a number one hit. You know how hard that is? You know how much of a fuckboy you have to be 
don't even get me started on the lyrics of that song because I could go forever. And and um, I bet you think about me. She sings, Mr. Superior thinking, do you have all the space that you need? I don't need to be your shrink to know that you'll never be happy. And I bet you think about me after their breakup. Oh my God, it's so good. She was 10 years younger than him and she still eloquently destroyed him and made him feel like 10 years younger than her. Made her Made him feel like the scared little boy he is. And I love her for that. But yeah, he's trash. She would always talk about how he would make her feel less than her. She wouldn't talk about it, but it's very much obvious in the All Too Well short film. He would just make her feel as though... It's almost like she was his prop to just sit next to him and make him feel better about himself. Because he was this immature 29-year-old man who, yeah, was a famous actor, so he wanted to have a famous girlfriend to, to like boost his ego, but also someone younger to just make him feel better about himself at the same time. So he was trash. That's definitely a trap that you can fall into in an age gap relationship like this. And I, like I said, I just think 29 and younger, that's the really only time an age gap relationship is super, super bad. So this is kind of a cautionary tale. Next, let's talk about, it just keeps getting worse, by the way. You, you're going to be shocked by the women who have dealt with this. Kim Kardashian and her first husband, Damon Thomas. So Kim's been married three times. I don't know if you know. Kanye, Chris Humphreys, and then Damon Thomas that she married far before she was famous when she was 19. And guess what? He was 29. She married him in Vegas on ecstasy. <laughs> yes, she was on ecstasy when that happened. I feel like he probably gave that to her to make her more malleable and the um inhibitions let loose so he could marry her you know he wanted to lock her down she wasn't this most famous person in the world ever kim k that we know today but she was still a beverly hills born and raised bad bitch kim kardashian he wanted to lock that down she had the money she had it all oh my god i wonder if they had a prenup now that i think about this i don't even know it's like it's like she always has to give him half the money for the rest of her life that'd be horrible so they must have had a prenup but anyway they went to Vegas, she said, and he said, let's get married. And Kim said that she just said, okay. And it was him who decided to do it. And that that's kind of how their whole relationship went. He kind of pushed her around and almost bullied her in a way. She sat on keeping up with the Kardashians. She's talked about him a few times, this Damon man. And um, she said he was very much the king of the castle. That's how she described him. And this was, she blames herself a little bit just because of her naiveness, but she really shouldn't blame herself. I think there's definitely a fun thrill in liking older man. So all any of these women in this situation need to know that they're not the problem. They, you know, they're not, they didn't bring this upon themselves. She said, quote, I used to be so dependent on the guys I was with in relationships. I don't know why, because I wasn't raised that way. If I looked at myself at 19, I would shake myself and be like, wake up. You are way too smart for this. Again, I don't think it's her fault at all. He knew exactly what he was doing. She said, he would say that he did not want me to have contact with my old boyfriends who would be able to reach me while she was at her clothing store, Dash. Damon told me not to leave the house unless I first told him when and where I was going. Ew. Does he want to be seen as her elder, her master? Like, what the fuck? That's so... He has some kind of mommy or daddy issues or something. That's so nasty. She said, sometimes Damon would not allow me to leave. For example, he would not allow me to go to the mall alone or with friends. He told me that he did not want men to have an opportunity to hit on me. So insecure, so embarrassing. Oh, my God. He literally thought his 
10 years younger girlfriend was going to go leave him if she literally just went to the mall because he's that insecure. And honestly, he knew he was not all that. And that's why he didn't want her to go. He wanted to hold on to her. And he thought he could because of the age difference. She said, he told me that he did not want men to have an opportunity to hit on me. He would not allow me to go out to dinner with my friends. I have known since I was a child. They were even her best friends and he wouldn't let her go. If Damon was not home, I was required to call him and ask permission to leave the house. Bitch, was he her conservator? Demonic. Um, this is where it gets even darker. Trigger, trigger warning about abuse. Another horrible example, but she said that one day she paged someone else. I guess pagers were still a thing. I really don't know how those work at all, but she was somehow trying to contact someone else with a pager and said that he became enraged and punched me in the face. My face was bruised and swollen as a result. I thought about calling the police, but was afraid and decided not to do so. On another occasion, we were at the marital residence and had an argument. He grabbed my arm and slammed me against the sliding mirror of our closet in our bedroom. He clearly had a desire for power from day one and they were having an argument. Maybe Kim wanted to leave him and he was going to do anything to keep that power, even if it resulted to this, which is so horrible they ended up divorcing in 2003 three years after they got married i don't know if they were like really actively together that whole time but that's when their divorce was finalized she said that he came at me and slammed me against the closet wall he held me against the wall with his hands around my neck and threatened to choke me so i guess he didn't choke her but he threatened he then took one hand and punched the wall right next to my head he then grabbed me by my hair and told me to get out he put one hand against my back and pushed me up the stairs the front door is on ground level and the bedroom is one level below ground. At the top of the stairs, he threw me across the room and I hit my head against the front door. I got up and ran out of the house. I was frightened. I feel so bad for Kim. I I knew about Damon and I saw her mention this before, I think in like a Vogue interview or something, but she's really so strong for overcoming that. And I like that Kim led with love even after that whole situation and knew that she could get married again and this was not her fault and i feel like she stayed strong through the whole thing and i really hope kim does get married again one day and finds her true love because after all these horrible relationships that she's been through she really deserves it it's interesting she doesn't talk about this more though i feel like that's not really her vibe to bring that kind of almost traumatic level of attention to herself she kind of wants to keep things more liked i suppose but i'm glad that she did share this anyway because if that can happen to kim kardashian who people you know millions of people hundreds of millions of people look up to it's just a good message that you're not alone and you can get through that and everything and you're not to blame and she says as i've gotten older i've learned so much from my relationships my tolerance level is so different so after years of being in not the best relationships you just grow up and this gross man is shitting on kim kardashian even to this day in a I guess not really to this day, but in 2010, so many years after they divorced, he said that Kim is just obsessed with fame and she can't write, sing, or dance. She's no talent and she does harmful things in order to validate herself in the media. That is a fame whore to me. It's just not cool at all. Bitch, and you were a power-obsessive, abusive, terrible boyfriend who was preying on a much younger girl just to feel something, to feel like you were better than someone. He's gross absolutely gross the princess diana example and the kim k example were both very traumatic and obviously they're not all like that but i was kind of just wanting to highlight the parts before it got bad with the setting up someone's death and the abusive part 
Just the fact that they were clearly extremely controlling and manipulative and evil to these girls before they even did that. So that's the part I wanted to highlight. I j- but I didn't want to like not finish the story with both of them, if you know what I'm saying. That's what we're focusing on here. The next example is Hayden Penetier and Milo Ventimigli- Ventimigila. I'm sorry. I've never really said his full name out loud, but he's he's I, I hate to say it, but he's cute. And he's from This Is Us. They dated when she was 18 and he was 29. Duh. And they were on a TV show together called Heroes. Huge age gap. People were kind of questioning that about their relationship. And then they broke up. And we don't know why they broke up. But girl, it was not a good breakup because he said to the journal in 2017 that he would never do that again. And there are things in your life that shape who you are. He said every Everything I've been through from jobs to friendships to partnerships, everything has built me to who I am. You learn from it. You learn a better way of doing things. It wasn't until my late 20s that the jobs wear on you and the relationships wear on you. So clearly he's talking about his late 20s, his relationship with Hayden. Hayden has kind of allegedly referenced before that the relationship was not very good and a bad time in her life and she would never do that again either so clearly there was some horrible dynamic going on between them and it was just not going to work out and it seems like he's blaming her he said the relationships wear on you and she just seems like she wants nothing to do with him i have a feeling he was the problem in that sense he also told e-news in 2016 that when you get knocked over the head in life it builds your perspective and when it comes to dating, dating co-stars, it's a bad idea. Don't shit where you eat. I think that was supposed to be a poetic analogy for not dating someone you also work with. That's a really gross analogy, though. I wouldn't say that. I would say, like, don't mis- mix business with pleasure. That's what I would say. But clearly, that dynamic went horrible, left both of them traumatized. Someone else is Paris Hilton and Jason Shaw. When she was 21, and she was 29. So... He was a model. Paris was, you know, a young heiress living her life. And Paris was really in love with him while they were dating. And he was kind of leading her on, allegedly, and manipulating her that he would want a commitment and all that. And Paris, one day when she asked for a commitment, he then kind of backed out of the whole thing and said, you know what? He's not really ready for that. But he led her on. He got her hopes built up and everything kind of made her feel like this is how the relationship was going to go. And then once he realized that he's immature and that's why he's dating a 21-year-old, he could not be with her forever so that's just another bad example last one leah michelle and matthew morrison (laughs) i mean that's self-explanatory it's matthew morrison sorry trigger warning matthew morrison oh i didn't put it early enough i'm sorry if you're triggered about matthew morrison right now and his sweaters and his ramen noodle hair or his rapping or break dancing ew wait i actually just felt shivers go up my spine he's so creepy Oh my God, I I think they're doing, I just saw they're doing a Glee kind of like expose about what went on behind the scenes and the making of the show. I hope more than anyone, they drag Matthew Morrison. People can just sense the creep within him. And it's funny because they did a segment on Glee about how Rachel's character, I'm sorry, Leah's character, I get them confused. They really are the same person in real life. She did not have to act for that show. Leah's character, Rachel, was too young to be liking Matthew's character because he was her teacher. And they did a whole song about it in a very Glee fashion. And it was just very hilarious because of how art was imitating life. Apparently, they dated before Glee, though, because they're both in the Broadway scene. And allegedly, it was very awkward at set when they were, you know, back and filming and everything. But clearly, they got past it. 
But yeah, it did not work out for them either. Kind of like how all these relationships that we just talked about did not work out. And it just, I wanted to talk about this because I think it's so cool that it's almost this sleeper hit, this really niche song about such a personal experience that so many people can relate to. And it's just shockingly relatable. And that's why I love when artists write about their real lives because even if they put such specific lyrics about a really personal experience that they went through, it can be so universal and they don't even know. It's a common pattern for, I think, immature men to prey on younger girls. So more people experience this than you know. And while it's legal, obviously, it just doesn't always work out the best. But that's not to say it doesn't ever work out good. And that's why we've talked about the toxic part of this. I think we should kind of bridge this right now and talk about how it can be good as well. I think I'm a little biased towards this situation because I am 22. Sometimes I forget. I swear last year while I was 21, the whole year I thought I was 22. I don't know why. I would literally put that on forms and I would fill them out and then have to scratch it off and be like, I'm such an idiot. I'm 21, but now I'm 22. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. But yeah, I got into talking to men like last year. And for some reason, I think it's my desire. I've realized about myself to date people who are really different than me. And that's not to throw shade at the stereotype in the gay community that gay men like dating people who are really similar to them and like their identical twin. I, for me, it's just really exciting to learn about someone who's totally different in every aspect. I've really noticed that about myself from their job to their appearance to their background and culture and way of life and their age, I guess, too. So I've actually been with multiple 29-year-olds while I was 21 and 22. (laughs) I can count the amount of men I've like talked to like that in even a half-serious way on one hand, but three of them were 29. And I feel like I maybe experienced both ends of this spectrum it was really exciting and fun at first and was learning so much about them and making me feel special and everything like oh my god this 29 year old is talking to me and it's so exciting and he thinks I'm special and worthy of his more you know wisdom and experience and I'm still like at his level like wow I feel like such a bad bitch and I think that's kind of a trap that a lot of people fall into and it's really easy to so I understand why this song connects with so many people and if you've experienced too, please tell me. But I just love how I I also have that firsthand experience of the whole thing. Sometimes just the mask can come off as the relationship goes and you realize, oh my God, they were totally manipulating me. They did not think I was special or anything like that. They knew I was so naive. Like I made it a point to tell these people that I really don't have experience and suddenly they were more interested. And that was a red flag that I really should have seen earlier. And looking back, I just feel so stupid. Like, nothing bad happened. It's just, there was just that uncomfortable dynamic that they were definitely taking advantage of the whole time. I I didn't date two of them. But, because I didn't, it just didn't get that far. But I definitely would not want to, looking back at that, I feel like they were going to take it to a bad end of the spectrum place with these 29 year old relationships and maybe it's because of Demi Lovato's song that I jumped ship or because of these celebrities that I learned from but I just realized 
this dynamic, whether what factor it was, we don't have stuff in common. They are toying with me. They are talking in circles, not keeping their promises. It just all became clear. And I was like, you know what? They think I'm stupid. I'm out. Maybe they think I'm exciting or something because I have followers. They like, why do they even want me anymore? I'm done. But there's the other end of the spectrum with my man now who was 29 when we started dating, who's like amazing. And we have such a healthy dynamic going on. And he still fulfills that, you know, my type, everyone has a type. My type is just older and different than me. And I'm really happy that I can show that, yes, I've had the experience that these girls have had or these girls and gays have had that it can be negative, but it could also be super positive. And this universal experience doesn't have to be completely universal in the sense that it has to be bad. I think me and my man that I am now, we're just so respectful of each other and we embrace the fact that we are of different ages and we lay out our expectations in the relationship and if we feel comfortable with the dynamic, we just talk to each other about it. Neither one of us seem to be taking advantage of each other to use each other. And we just really work around that because there's no point in denying the age gap. I think you should confront that for sure. So I feel like what we can, we can learn from this is that age gap relationships can happen. And that's amazing. And I love age gaps relationships. I literally love them. And I think everyone moves at a different pace in life and there's no correct level of maturity or level of your life that you're just supposed to be at by any certain age. So if you do connect with someone who is younger or older than you, then be with them. And if you love them, that's amazing. You should absolutely be with them, given it's legal, obviously. But I think there's just some pointers that we can take. And I did some research about like how to make age gap relationships work just to kind of like teach us today. And there was a lot of common themes of how both people in the relationship should lay out their expectations and what they want for the next few years or five years or 10 years if this relationship was going to work. Because there is that difference of if you want kids, how far along in your career are you? And that's just how you can make it healthy or working on finding common ground and understand that age, of course, plays a factor, but you can still have that connection and not really be into the same thing. So you can learn from each other and um, teach each other different things, but also have a lot of things in common and things that your age doesn't get in the way of. Um, someone in one of the articles I read said to learn to embrace and appreciate the differences. And you realize that those differences are actually what balances things out and leads to a more fulfilling, well-rounded life. I think that is so true. And this quote says, pretending that there isn't a power imbalance or isn't an age difference is where you're going to run into a problem. It takes communication, self-awareness, and a lot of difficult and often awkward conversations to just test the water and know if that person is really in it for good intentions. And I think that is absolutely so true. And I am living proof of that. So do not be scared of being younger and dating someone who's 29 just go into it uh, with as you would with any relationship with a healthy amount of caution i think we should go over some of the craziest age gaps in hollywood just for fun though and but ones that are working out because we like positivity and this podcast so age gap relationships that are successful Dwayne wade and gabrielle union they actually got together when gabrielle was 20 and he was 29 and they've been together since 2008 and they're still married with a lovely daughter. So clearly they had a great thing going with them. Beyonce and Jay-Z, when they got together, she was 20, he was 32. Pretty similar age gap there. We know they had their ups and downs. She laid his ass out on Lemonade, but they got through it. You know, they're a good example for not giving up after cheating. I still, it's, it's weird even saying the sentence Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce because it sounds like myth. It sounds like why the fuck would that happen? But he made that choice. 
Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, 11 years apart since 2011. They have three kids now and everyone like idolizes them. Good for them. Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas haven't been together for that long, but they're 10 years apart. and It's been four years. I just knew Nick would be into older women. I feel like Nick is, even though he kind of does have that Napoleon complex short guy vibe to him, he just seems so competent. Like he could handle an older woman. And it's almost like he wants this challenge. And, oh, sorry. Before I get in the starps about Nick Jonas, Chris Jenner and Corey Gamble are 25 years apart. They've been dating since 2014. They lasted longer than Kim and Kanye, who were really close in age. Portia de Rossi and Ellen DeGeneres are 15 years apart since 2004. They're going great. Matt Boomer, uh, he's a really sexy actor. And his husband, Simon Halls, are 13 years apart, still together from 2011. Um, Sarah Paulson and her wife, Holland Taylor, 32 years apart since 2015. The gays really know how to keep an age gap relationship together. That is so true. No, I I should talk about that next. Gays and age gaps. I really should talk about that next. That seems like something that someone needs to study. Good for the gays. Another win. Um, Alec Baldwin and his wife are 26 years apart and they have six kids. Absolutely insane. Celine Dion and her husband are 26 years apart. They met when she was 13. I'm sorry, Celine. That is, that is so insane to me i cannot even fathom so 13 he was 26 years older 39 in zane finally 39 it's funny just like you were when i was 13 oh my god the craziest though that i came across right now is mick jagger and his wife are 43 years apart and they've been together since 2014 and have a kid there is not like I know I was just talking about having things in common. What do they have in common? That they breathe air? What? 43? Girl. All right. But anyway, love and age gap relationship and maybe try it. I can lick it, I can ride it while you slip it and slide it. I can do all them little tricks and keep the dick up inside it. You can smack it, you can grip it, you can go down and kiss it. And every time he leave me alone, he always tell me he miss it. He wanna I was going to do a segment about it was going to be called people still hate them about celebrities who were canceled, who people think are not canceled anymore, but people still hate them. But something else happened that I'm just going to push that to the next time. And last segment was really long and this is shorter, but this is some real ass news that was unfolding right before I made this episode. And I feel like we're in a time where we want all women to be thriving at the same time. You know, it's no longer a situation where a bunch of men cannot thrive, but only one woman can only have one spot and thrive at a time. And you want to see women supporting women. And I feel like we really have been seeing that. But there's one particular industry where only one particular woman thrived for a very long time alone. And it seems like even now she wants to keep it that way. And you can probably guess what I'm talking about. And that is Nicki Minaj, the icon herself. Nicki, who I love so much, is just showing a pattern today and this past year of beefing with every single up-and-coming new female rapper. And it's almost hard to deny the cycle that is happening in front of us. As we know, Nikki and Cardi have had a long-running beef. Nikki literally... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Cardi literally threw a shoe at Nikki's head. 
at the icons party. We all remember that. Nikki shaded Iggy Iggy. What do I? Oh my god. Nikki shaded Iggy Azalea, not Iggy Azalea. Nikki shaded Iggy Azalea when she was first coming up. Iggy had to kind of diffuse the comments that Nikki made about her. Megan Thee Stallion was shaded by Nikki literally like last month because Nikki put out her old mixtapes and it sold 80,000. And Megan's album that month only sold 66,000. And apparently they have beef, even though they worked together before, where Nicki Minaj said on her new song, Super Freaky Girl, <clears throat> get that goofy a chair. She was cocky, I could swear. Until my old mixtapes sold more than your album, drop a tear. I'm Nick James, bitch. Drop a tear. Drop a tear. I'm sorry. I can't be supporting her like this, but it's she's just so good. Drop a tear, bitch. I love it. She also shaded Lil' Kim. She called Lil' Kim a rookie when Nikki was just coming up, which is funny because Lil' Kim was in the game before her. She beefed with Remy Ma. The City Girls got into it. She dissed Koi Leroy recently. Cardi got back into it again and again. And now she has come for the new most up-and-coming rap girl who has really taken over the game right now and is probably going to get a Grammy nomination. Maybe that Nikki will not. And that is Lotto. Big Lotto. Got that real big energy. You definitely know that song. It's one of the biggest songs of the year, really putting her name on the map. And she's had some pretty good follow-up success with some of her singles. So maybe Nikki feels threatened. I don't know. I guess Lotto was just the wrong bitch, though, because a lot of these other rap girls are really scared to mess with Nikki because they don't want their career to be ruined by beefing with her. Nikki has so many connections and so much sway in the industry that if you come for Nikki, your career literally could be damaged and you may not be able to come back from that. No one, people may defend themselves, but they don't throw these bombs back at her. Like Nikki said, she's the final level bitch that they're on a mission to beat. The real, the only real one that really goes hard at Nikki is Cardi, but that's because Cardi's career is so established at this point. She really does not have anything to lose. I mean, Cardi's done so much. So Lotto, although she's just up and coming, seems to not care. And she is trying to slay the dragon on behalf of all the rap girls because Lotto is the first one to to at Nicki Minaj. And they are having a really big Twitter war right now. And a lot of the rap girlies just subtweet. Lotto is putting the at, at Nicki Minaj and coming for her in every single aspect that she possibly can. So this whole thing started today and it's like blowing up in the news right now because Nicki's song, Super Freaky Girl, as Grammy nominations approach, has been moved from the rap considerations and put into the pop considerations. So if she is nominated, it won't be for rap. And Nicki thought that was really weird because even the song she sampled, um, Freak, Freaky Girl, is that what it's called? She's all right. Oh, no, Super Freak. That girl's all right was in the rap nomination for the Grammys and Nikki's version is so much more rap. So people were really confused by that. And Nikki said, okay, that's fine. Super Freaky Girl can be moved to pop. But if Super Freaky Girl gets moved, Big Energy has to get moved from rap to pop as well, just to be fair. I agree with that. I would argue that Big Energy is way more pop than Super Freaky Girl in the first place. Lotto even said that Big Energy is a pop song. Lotto's just lightly spitting raps on that. Nikki goes hard on Super Freaky Girl. Bars, bars, punchlines double entendre she's going crazy with those lyrics that she's writing so i think it should be in the rap category nikki decided to call out big energy though and lotto apparently did not like that nikki was trying to get her song put in a different category at the grammy so lotto dm'd her 
privately, you know, wanting to keep it on the DL. And she said, I agree with you. However, because of where we left off, I don't think you need to bring my name or song up to prove your point. Because apparently they were beefing before and that just opened the floodgates because Nikki posted her private DM on Twitter and quoted it and said, this Karen referring to Lotto because Nikki thinks that Lotto used to spray tan to look darker and now is not spray tanning to look more white. Yeah, it gets that bad. And Nikki said, this Karen has probably mentioned my name in over 100 interviews. She said she waited in line for Pink Friday with her Barbie chain on, bangs pink hair. But today, Scratch Off decides to be silent. Nikki still is not even adding her. She gave her nickname Scratch Off. That's that's when you know someone really hates you when they won't even say your real name. They, They just give you a degrading nickname. Like Monty Lopez is trying to call Young Gravy, Little Gravy, and... Pete Davidson was called Skeet by Kanye. It's like that. She said, Scratch Off decides to be silent rather than speak up for the black woman she called her biggest inspiration. Lotto hit back and said, I've ignored ignored countless subtweets since March and instead addressed you in the DM. You're asking why I didn't speak up in your defense? It's the same answer I gave when you asked why I didn't congratulate you. You're literally older than my mom trying to be a bully. Because Lotto is only 23 years old and Nikki is 40. So it seems odd that they're beefing. That's like me beefing with my dad. Like, it's just odd. And Nikki hit back over this Grammys beef and said... All this time, I thought you were at least 35, Lotto. Because Nikki thinks she looks bad for her age. I did think Lotto was a bit older, but damn. You you can't be calling her old, dusty, musty, cracked, or whatever. That was rude as fuck. Really just coming for her looks on top of that. Then Lotto said, this is the most recent subtweet in question, but I'm going to start from the beginning. Hashtag 40-year-old bully. Nikki has been subtweeting all the rap girls lately, including Megan and Cardi and literally everyone. So I'm glad someone was actually calling Nikki out because I feel like it was childish that Nikki was doing that. And Lotto's kind of breaking down that barrier of not being able to come for Nikki. Nikki was probably taken aback by this a little bit like, damn, is she really trying me? Is pigs flying? Is these bitches trying me? Nikki said, age shaming when you look like you the one pushing 40 age shaming but was begging for a feature imagine what dem jeans gonna do in 10 years oh so you're in your 20s oh okay then at least it match your album sales you sold 20k right mad you flopped that's why you really mad damn she said you're old you're ugly you're fat and you don't sell records nikki is a bully fucked up and i'm glad she's getting called out for her bully ways because nikki really garners and creates a really negative fan base the barbs are so mean whenever i talk about nikki badly or not even badly just kind of reporting on something bad that she did the barbs all call me the f slur and say that they're gonna dox me and kill me they're crazy and that's because nikki is their leader and they think this shit is okay um let me get back to this feud so then nikki gets into the whole fact that lotta wanted her to do a feature for her And then, of course, Nikki's, like, only insult that she really has for these rap girls at the end of the day is that they don't write their own raps, and she's the queen pen, and she writes all her own raps. So she said, who want to hear the reference tracks of scratch-off ghostwriters rapping her bars? Kind of trying to expose her. She used me and the barbs in every interview until that album sold double wood. Now she 
wiping that spray tan off and being a Karen. They black when it's beneficial, child. So then Nikki went through their whole DMs of Lotto asking her for three different features and Nikki kind of turning her down every single time, unfortunately, in a, in a really nice way. These DMs of Lotto asking for the feature is really nice, both of them on both ends. Nikki kind of said, none of your, basically this is what she said in a nice way. None of your songs are big enough for me to hop on. I'm sorry. I really only hop on songs that are already kind of big because people already know it and then I get on it and then it blows up. She said, maybe not a real explicit record, but the other thing is the song does better when I get on it after it's already making a cultural impact. So whatever you love and really believe in, if it takes off organically, that may be a bigger moment. And then Lotto said, hey, big energy's taking off. Do you want to get on it? Nikki still said no. And then Lotto went and turned around and got Mariah Carey to feature on it, which is another feud that Nicki Minaj had. So that was a big middle finger to Nicki Minaj. Maybe even a bigger feature, if you ask me. And then Lotto said, this lady is so meticulous with her shade so she can twist it later and act like it wasn't about you. Stand on that shit. Yeah, I hate when everyone, just in general, does that. They subtweet you. They say something really offensive that may as well just at you because it's so obviously about you, but they leave out just a few key details so they can't be held responsible if they actually get called out. I think that's such a bitch move that so many people do. Please don't do that if you're listening to this. Just stand on that shit. I totally agree with Lotto. And then Nikki posted a little screenshot of a conversation they had, but basically just said, look at how this Karen makes up fake beef in passive aggressive attempt to show her frustration about me politely declining three feature requests. Scratch off is just an entitled Karen who blames other for her, her album flopping. You better stop it. Scratch off. Nikki's so fucking crazy. Undoubtedly iconic. So iconic, but also still crazy. Lotto said, I literally named you as my dream collab multiple times in multiple interviews. Like I told you over the phone, I looked up to you. You still never answered my question about where the random shade started coming from. So Nikki is like, what do you mean the random shade? So they went back through their DMs, all of them. And this is where it kind of gets insane. So their DMs say, this is what started. Lotto sent this to Nikki. What's up? I've shown you nothing but the utmost respect and genuine love as a fan and someone who looked up to you. Hate that you're allowing people to convince you otherwise. You know what I meant. This was last month when Nikki was just randomly subtweeting every single rap girl trying to tear them down. And Nikki said, hey, before I respond to this, what are you exactly talking about so that I can give a clear response? I'm seeing this for the first time right now, by the way. And then she said, this recent interview and these tweets that you've been giving. And then Nikki said back, you've shown me too much genuine love for what? To be exempt from something? Because Lotto's such a big fan of Nikki and she always shows that. But Nikki's saying, that doesn't mean you're exempt from me basically shitting on you and putting you in your place as one of her sons. All these bitches as her sons. So just because you love her doesn't mean if you cross Nikki, she's not going to come for you or give Nikki a bad vibe. She's not going to call you out. So Nikki said, um, you're talking in circles. This is what you say, for example. Nikki, when you said dot, 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 it was clear that you were talking about when I said dot, dot, dot. That's how you have a real talk. Let's start at what you said. I don't talk in circles and I don't get questioned. We see everything. Trust. It's clear as day. Did you think I got where I am by not peeping everything? Do you think I don't know every release schedule at every record label? Did you think I don't know how many things move up on the list as soon as I say I'm about to do something? LOL. If you actually like to talk, let me know. It would probably be better on the phone, though, because I don't like back and forth texting. So many things can get misconstrued. And I know people usually like to text, to use text screenshots to spice up their group chat. There's actually a lot I think you should know. And she said, yeah, I'd like to talk on the phone, too, because you bring up other people and release dates that 
don't got nothing to do with me or what I'm talking about. Who's talking in circles? Saying that Nikki's talking in circles. I referenced the tweet and my confusion with where all this pressure is coming from. Again, I've shown you nothing but love. I'm the one trying to have real talk, not indirect subtweets straight up. I've ignored so much in hopes it wasn't what I thought it was from someone I looked up to. Yeah, this whole situation is kind of really heartbreaking. I feel bad for a lot of that her idols trying to take her down like this, but she should have seen this coming. Honestly, Nikki does this to every girl, and I agree with Lotto. Lotto was very direct. She said, "What? Well, where is this hate coming from? You said something in this interview and these tweets, and Nikki was like, you should be more specific, but she was being specific. So I thought that was kind of shady of nikki and i do agree that if one of them is talking in circles it is nikki so that was kind of the end of their dms there of them showing the old dms and then it goes back to present day where lotto just called nikki old and nikki said do you notice a pattern oh okay you only get called old when i pass on your features i ain't never diss my idols for not giving me a feature i bowed to lauren hill's feet when i met her feature or no feature should i call her old now she's a grandmother and still out rapping you nikki does have a point there she does. She didn't want to call Nikki old before she turned down her feature. But at the same time, Lotto's just calling her old because she's acting so immature at this moment. So I'm still on Team Lotto at this moment. Lotto said, with all this being said, this wasn't just about a Grammy category. You being funny, bringing me up to defend your case, knowing our last convo didn't end on good terms. You literally told me I'm not flourishing and no one cares about my little song on the phone. LOL. Oh my God. Nikki's even bullying this girl in private insane so then lotto really went there and this is where i'm saying lotto was trying to like slay the dragon she went to the two insults that would hurt nikki the most and she said you've been subbing me super freaky grandma is married and related to a fucking r wordist trigger warning a rapist because Nikki's brother is in jail for that and Nikki's husband went to jail for that in the past and people really don't like that she supports people who do that, including 6ix9ine, her frequent collaborator. So she said, you ain't gonna bully me, bitch. My idol turned rival, now you hating. So the friendship is done. Lotto wants literally Nikki's head on a platter. Lotto said, I will die on this hill by myself. Everyone ain't lying on you. We see the pattern. Be fucking for real. So true, so fucking true. She really... I saw someone's tweet that I really liked. Hold on. She's really calling Nikki out in every single aspect that she possibly can, calling a spade a spade. And it's kind of iconic. Someone tweeted, Lil' Kim told y'all, then Mariah Carey, Remy Ma, Iggy Azalea, Azalea Banks, Cash Doll, Cardi B, and so many more. Now Lotto is telling y'all, and she's about to air it out. Y'all fave is a super rich star and is still hateful, bitter, and insecure when other female rappers get their shine. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think insecurity speaks a lot louder than confidence. And Nikki has really displayed that over the years. And I'm not sure why she feels like that because she is so immensely successful. I'm sure that's coming from a place that we have no idea about, but I'm, I just don't know why Nikki feels the need to tear literally everyone down. So Nikki then came back with some pretty good points. And she said, Lotto didn't care about R.A.P.E. when she was begging for features. She didn't care about Codex past back then. She didn't care about the accusations about Dr. Luke, who produced Big Energy. Big Ener- um, Dr. Luke, who produced her hit song, Big Energy, is also accused of sexual assault against Kesha. So Nikki is bringing up a good point that she didn't really care about his past when he was making her a big hit. Nikki then continued, News flash scratch off. I've never R.A.P.E.'d anyone. I've inspired millions, and you're one of them, bozo. Nikki made some good points in that segment. Don't be a hypocrite. 
Um, don't just be a thing when it benefits you. Don't just be complicit about something when it benefits you. So I really think she did call out Lotto pretty bad there. And Lotto definitely took a hit in that situation. I'm still, I mean, I don't know if I'm on team Lotto, but at the same time, I'm on neither of their team. This is so embarrassing for both of them. They're both really damaging each other here. Then Nikki said, y'all keep letting these bozos weaponize the word R.I.P.E. when they're being dragged and not holding them accountable for not actually caring about R.I.P.E. victims in real life. They have the same two drags about me and one of them isn't even about me. That's how you know you're that bitch. Her two drags being that she's old and is supporting people who do that. And then Lotto, again, Nikki's ultimate insult that she has against these girls is that they use ghostwriters or don't write all their own raps or write with co-writers. But other rap girls have said the same thing about Nikki before that Lotto is about to say that really ended this argument. This is the last tweet about it. She said, I'll post them my goddamn self in reference to the ghostwriter that Nikki's talking about. Lotto said, I'll post the receipts my goddamn self. They all tell you I write too, right? So she writes on her own tracks as well as these men or women or whoever help make her songs the best they can be and contribute to the writing. She said, I heard a few of your references before they came out too, boo. Do you forget that we all collab with the same writers? Difference is, I don't deny it. The world has seen me writing since 16 on national TV, though. Lotto was on a show where it was basically like American Idol for rappers. And she won, I think, because she wrote a lot of really good raps and had a great you know, tone and everything. So she was just a really good performer and rapper and she won. So that's why I was interested that Lotto's being called out for allegedly not writing her raps by Nikki because, you know, we've all seen her do that. So Lotto really got her there. And other, I know Iggy Azalea said, me and Nicki Minaj both have the same amount of ghost, uh, not ghost writers. We have the same amount of co-writers on our songs. So I don't know why Nicki Minaj would call me out for that. Our songs have the same amount of people in the writing credits. I don't understand where that's coming from. And that's absolutely true. So Lotto kind of really shit on every insult that Nikki could throw her way. Nikki hit back really well, though. Um, but this fight really makes me sad. It's just a continuing of the beef in the rap girl community. And I, I don't like that. I wish, you know, it's so amazing that so many of them are thriving at the same time and all their careers are taking off. And it's about time there's just as many female rappers as male rappers because male rap is so boring. We hate it. Give us more female rappers. Nikki, stop trying to gatekeep the whole thing. We want more. So I just don't like when they fight. But what can we learn from this? I think both women had something to come for each other about and they both, you know, had some good jabs and, you know, got, got a good one in and they both made each other look really bad, which is why the lesson here is that no one wins in a fight. No one wins in a fight. They each made each other look horrible and took each other down a peg and now they're going to have to deal with that. They both might think that they won, but they both didn't. They're being made fun of on Twitter, in the press, and they both got metaphorically wounded and need to do some damage control. It's like when you punch someone, your knuckles get bloody. When you try to bring someone down, you're harming yourself as well. Why not just support each other and talk about the problem about the Grammys or whatever this is about? And really just try to get to the bottom of it and dissect how to fix it and not have so much negative energy in the process. Fighting is going to get you nowhere. You shouldn't, and this can go for any fight in your real life. It's Fighting is almost just like putting off like procrastination of getting to what the root of the problem is. 
it's just a waste of time. It makes people feel bad. The screaming and yelling or physically fighting is something that I personally cannot deal with. I do not like that. I really like to observe how people handle conflict and see if I like that person because I think fighting is just such, I think having like spirited debates is fine, but fighting maliciously like this, I really hate. And at the end of the the day, you shouldn't want to fight. You should just want to fix the problem. Um, this quote says, the successful person has an unusual skill at dealing with conflict and ensuring the best possible outcome for everyone. And that if people were to fight, it's basically ensuring that no one in a fight wins. Everybody loses. Well, thank you guys for joining me in Pop Culture University today. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. This episode was already a little bit long, so I'm just going to make this outro really short. But you guys are my favorite people in the whole world. I'm obsessed with you. You guys send me the funniest DMs like you're listening to the podcast in math class or science class or at work and your boss will ask you what you're listening to or you force your husband to listen to it. And it's so hilarious because, well, I don't encourage that kind of behavior because, you know, get your bag or get the degree or whatever, focus on that. I would do the same exact thing when I was in school. I would fully be listening to something like this or looking what's going on in the world while I was supposed to be paying attention to pre-calculus. So I just think it's fucking hilarious that we are literally the same people. Like you guys send me those DMs and I'm like, wow, I'm, it's, it's nice to know that we're all just the same person. So that those just make my day. They're so hilarious. I'm truly obsessed with you guys. Um, so thank you for just having this passion that I have someone asked me about merch as well and i got one mock-up of it but there's just a few things i want to change so i'm gonna try to just tweak a little bit so it's extra cute for y'all and hopefully there'll be more updates about that coming very soon but just have an amazing weekend be the bad bitch that you know that you are and let loose take some time to yourself and just relax so that will make your next week even more productive and better if you feel it more energized so i recommend that that is your mission for the week to just relax the weekend just to relax and have fun and I will see you guys on Tuesday. Make sure to, you know, rate this podcast five star Spotify Apple podcast. Leave a cute little review, screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, tag me. And but you know, the real ones have already done that. So okay. Until Tuesday, I will see you guys. Okay, class dismissed until next session. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion houston astros covered every week we go inside the clubhouse break down the games discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the houston astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason so tune in to the believe in astros podcast that's b-l-e-a-v on apple spotify youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts go astros